Coming up, the lottery, Swedish sandwich cake, reuniting with grandma through AI and the beer ads of your dreams. Just old friends on the podcast, we build a defense on ridiculous topics are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, the show is immense. So tune in and choose a side that you sit on the fence. Man, we debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars. You listening now to for or against? So turn the volume up, this is for or against. Hello and welcome to For or Against, a podcast for new friends, produced by old friends. I'm your host, Mike McFadden, and joining me today are my very old friends, Mike Winan, Patrick Lothian, and Robbie Silver. Hello, friends. Hello, so old old friend. (laughs) (laughs) Pat and I had the same idea. Yeah, (laughs) good work. Mike wrote the copy, so uh, here we are. Yeah, (laughs) you you revised it. I did, um, and I'm 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 sticking with the revision. You you have creative control. This is this is your ship. I, I try to I try to abide by what you have given me, but every now yeah. and then, yes. Okay, here we it's are. It's like um, a uh, it's like a Judd Apatow film. We'll, we'll do a few takes, and one will just have fun with it. That's right. We'll show them all at the end. Just, <laughs> do you want to watch? It's up to you. <laughs> yes, we'll do the one take for Pat's editing, which by the way, I realize in most uh, podcasts, they say thank you to all of the people who do like the yeoman's work of making sure that the podcast gets out. We should probably say thanks to Pat for editing yes. these episodes um, at <laughs> the you, end of Pat. every episode. Uh, but Mike, you didn't edit to the copy, so it's not going to happen this episode. <laughs> Can I say thank you for McFadden for running the show. Thank you for whining for creating a great outline every week. Thank you for Pat for editing every show. And thank you for me for doing jack shit. Cause I you don't do you swear. Yeah, you bring it. You don't even need to. So there you go. I know. Yeah. I actually, I thought about, I hesitated. Like, should I say it? Yeah. yeah it I'll felt it. very you, awkward too. It did. Yeah. It felt forced. Okay. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> what is, what is going on in your lives? We're going to start with Michael with your weekly update. Take it away. I was on another podcast, one I've talked about before on this podcast called Bundle Buddies. Uh, we talk about uh, video games. We uh, we rated some video games and uh, had a generally good time. So if you want to check that out, check out uh, Bundle Buddies wherever podcasts are found. I listened to that episode and I learned that Mike knows a lot about video games, way more than I yes. knew you knew. Good job, Mike. I would have expected it from Patrick, but... You came out of nowhere with the video game knowledge. It's impressive. I know a little bit about know? a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, I, but you knew a lot about this specific thing, video <laughs> games. You spend a lot of time doing something when no, <laughs> in the dark in your room and you learn a few things. <laughs> well, that I knew that things. about you because you're my friend. <laughs> yeah, see? Okay. Old friends. Right. Here we are. Very uh, Again, friends. for the third time, we are here. Patrick, um, What's going on with you? What's what's happening this week? Um, so I found a fasting app, uh, which I uh, just I did fasting in the past, and I actually really like it. Not eating. So fa- fasting is different than what you might consider it being in the past. Intermittent uh, fasting. Yes. So it's more like you spend a chunk of the day where you don't eat anything, and then you have a smaller portion of the day where you eat the food you were going to eat that day. The 16 uh, eight around pattern. Yes. 16 hours, not eating eight hours eating. Um, and it does a lot of different things for you. Um, it actually makes me feel pretty good. Uh, one of the things that's kind of crazy is, uh, when you get into a certain zone in the last one to two hours, your cells actually like recycle themselves and get rid of the bad cells because you start to get to a point where you really need like nutrition and stuff. 
So they're trying to make your body um, more uh, efficient. Efficient. You sound exactly like my mother-in-law. I just want to throw that out there. Dude. Nice. That's only if you have the right essential oils and crystals, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was funny because I I did keto back in the day and did fasting on top of it. And the first week of keto, I lost like six pounds. Wow. And then, but then it says it slows down. But then the second week I added fasting and I lost another six pounds and I'm like, oh, fasting really does it too. So I was thinking I'd lose a bunch this week from fasting. And the third day of doing it, it said, congratulations, you have lost 0.1 pound. <laughs> so that was disappointing. I have a but bitch. I'm going to keep going because uh, I, I actually like the way it makes me feel. You got to do tried the that muscle confusion. You got to mix up the different ways you're losing mm-hmm. weight. Pat, I tried that once. And did you find that you're sort of surprisingly less hungry than yes. if you eat? A hundred percent. Very weird. I don't very understand. Weird. It. Yeah, I don't and get you, it either. Yeah, but like I'm, but I, I was, I'm always hungry at night, and now that I know I'm my last meal's at six, like I'm not hungry at all, and then I wake up and I'm not hungry until like eleven the next day. It's it's real weird. Yeah. So I, is this actually good for you? Like, yeah, I'm there's not, been a lot of studies and stuff like that. Um, but there's been just as many studies that are <laughs> say like, no, that's all horseshit. Well. There's a lot of different because, like, one of uh, the it newer sounds like a topic for another day. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> right. Good point. We'll save it till till next episode. Uh, let's move along to our <laughs> dear friend Robert. Robert, what's going on? Well, I this isn't really about my life, but you know, this week GameStop has been going on the run of its life in the stock market. It's increased by about a billion percent, more or less. And I was just thinking, out of our group, like there are two potential secret millionaires. First, I was thinking Pat might have been in on this because he's a vigilante against corporate greed. So I <laughs> felt like maybe he was one of these people driving up the stock price to get the hedge fund guys like in really bad shape. So Pat, maybe you're a millionaire right now. No, but I enjoy the fact that they froze trading on these because some rich assholes were losing their money. <laughs> I thought you would like that. And the other person I thought might be a secret millionaire is, of course, McFadden, because he is known to buy stocks of distressed companies that have no <laughs> prospects for success, like Blockbuster. And Blockbuster is GameStop. They're the same company. They, they are the same outdated business that does the same thing. So, Mike, GameStop are you a millionaire? GameStop has a better place than Blockbuster has right now. Not much, though, but not a lot of future. <laughs> so, <laughs> Futures are the same. Robbie, I'm glad that you brought this up because I am still the proud owner of 625 shares of Blockbuster <laughs> stock. I bought it before it was total hot garbage. <laughs> it was just <laughs> lukewarm garbage um, when I got it. Thinking because they they were trying to do like Blockbuster kiosks to compete with Redbox and they were like dabbling in some sort of streaming service to compete with Netflix, but it was just too little too late. And so I thought if they turned it around, then, hey, maybe, you know, my, um, like when I opened up the brokerage account, they gave me like X amount of dollars and I just bought all of this terrible asset. Thinking, maybe it'll, you know, turn around. Um, but the, um, the, the news from GameStop has impacted Blockbuster. Uh, two days ago, Blockbuster was 0.004 cents. It's now trading at 11 cents. So as a percentage, <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm almost back to the 18 cents a share that I bought it at. And so, so you're still down. Sell, sell. I'm still, no, I'm riding this. I'm taking it all the way to 19 cents and then, then I'm out. <laughs> but isn't it so insane because Blockbuster is not even a business? There's literally <laughs> one store left. 
Well, yeah, I don't really even understand what the um, like stock selling. is. It, it's, well, it's it's technically, I think, called like a pink sheet, which is like what the movie The Wolf of Wall Street was all about, I uh-huh. think. And um, and like the 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 ticker price is BB liquidation, so it's like it's not even blockbuster. Right. It's, like, it's just it like whatever's left else. over. Yeah, it's like I we don't... have some IP, so like here's the blockbuster name. Here's what that's worth. Yeah, I, I don't really understand it, but uh, it's been fun to, to watch this story. And I'm trying to, uh, I've now uh, subscribed. I didn't even know if that's the right terminology, but on Reddit, it's it's Wall Street Bets is is the thread on Reddit that is like coordinating this attack against <laughs> hedge funds. And so I'm trying to figure out what the next one is. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to get it though. I think <laughs> so today AMC theaters popped. Uh, I think there are a couple others like those Isn't businesses. Anything that... that has no t- actual future, people are just for fun <laughs> throwing money at it uh, to make uh, really rich people upset. Well, it's yeah. funny because like they're calling this like group of people like the the meme stock investors. <laughs> like <laughs> meme culture is doing it as high a goof. finance. Yeah, yeah and I, well, I don't know. It, it's really interesting. So, it, Robbie, your update is that this thing culturally is taking place. <laughs> it's yeah, it's insane when TikTok kids are affecting like billions of dollars. It's wild. Well, I agree. They did a good job of showing that. The stock market is not. It's tied. all a lie. It's all a lie. <laughs> yeah. And it is not tied to the economy in any way. No. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I have uh, one quick update that is going to fall under the apologies and corrections uh, category of we the show, which is a segment we haven't done that in a while, but I'm bringing <laughs> it back right here, right now. Um, my dad, Tom McFadden, um, was kind of disappointed in us and said that if we did, you know, even more than 10 minutes of research, like cumulative <laughs> like over the course of our three seasons, um, we would have uh, known that sea shanties are not pirate songs. We called them pirate songs <laughs> in our last episode. Um, they are um, the the songs for working, um, you know, sailors. sailors. Yes, those so, are the good so guys. Seafaring, sea um, you know. Well, pirates workers. are also seafaring. Yeah, but um, they they're into piracy, not work. Um, which... I'm gonna bet that. See sailors sang the song, but pirates also sang the song. I think so, both did. Yeah. Well, I would say that pirates probably sang the songs also because there was probably, um, you know, every pirate was probably at some point an honest uh, seafaring worker, <laughs> but not every seafaring worker was also a pirate. Um, so sorry, Dad, that we didn't do that research. Um, I hope that this uh, allows you to love me once again. <laughs> All right, now it's time to play for or against. One of us will present a topic. The rest of us will analyze, discuss, and argue about it, and then we will decide if we are for or against it. Rob, uh, you are the first one up this week. What do you have for us? hey All right, folks. This past week, the third biggest lottery jackpot ever in the history of American lotteries happened. Some guy won a billion dollars, more or less, uh, from playing Mega Millions. I think after tax, it's like 700 some million bucks that this person won. They're still anonymous. We don't know who they are. And so it got me thinking, I actually have never bought a Mega Millions lottery ticket in my life until this week. <laughs> I was one of those suckers that was like, you know what? Let's try it, it. The jackpot is so big. Like there's such a minuscule chance of winning, but maybe it could be fun just to play. So I bought a few tickets and I went to bed that night before they drew the numbers. 
with these sweet dreams of like, I know that the odds are really small, but like, I've been a pretty good person in my life. Like maybe <laughs> somewhere somebody's going to shine a light on me. And it doesn't even need to be the billion dollar jackpot. They're like secondary jackpots that are like a million bucks each. Maybe I'll just get one of those. That, that's probably where it will land. So I felt pretty good about it. Uh, I never thought I would be for the lottery, but I'm going to state that I am for the lottery. I think for me, there was even though there was basically a 0.00 something percent chance of winning, I was paying for that dream. And so like the few bucks that I spent that day gave me these pleasant thoughts and I kind of enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, as long as you don't go overboard and like have a gambling addiction, because that's a very bad thing. I think it's kind of fun to just play and have a nice time thinking about what could be. So I'm for it. And you guys can agree or disagree. Tell me what you think. I'm going to start with uh, Pat. Lottery, what are you feeling about it? I disagree. <laughs> I am very against. Uh, the reason why it was a billion dollars is because a lot of people spent a lot of their own income to make that one billionaire. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm already those, against- those people got that dream of happiness that I had. Yes. Some of them, if everybody could do what you did and went, oh, I'll buy one because it's fun, that'd be one thing. But the amount of people that I've seen at a convenience store buy a pack of cigarettes and five lottery tickets, I would have a million dollars if I got a dollar for each one. No, that's that's insane. That's way, way off. A million, you'd, have like, a million times. <laughs> you'd have a couple hundred bucks. Though, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they call it like the poor person tax. It's a lot of people who dream of winning the lottery and then they'll spend hundreds of dollars in one year on it and just lose hundreds of dollars. So I, uh, I feel like it's a hundred percent bad. <laughs> it's not, um, it's not all bad though, because I mean, some of the revenues do go towards state projects that can fund schools, local parks, infrastructure, well, yeah, things of that nature. But Or you could tax the billionaires that aren't made through the lottery. Billionaires should pay the same percentage <laughs> tax as I should, as I currently do. So you're so the poor people are paying for the rich people's schools, basically. Yes, and I <laughs> I totally hear that. But this is a voluntary thing. There people are choosing to do this themselves. Nobody's making anyone buy a lottery ticket. It's not a tax. They're choosing to do this. I completely understand that, but if I don't know. I just think there's no reason for it to exist. I'm just against. But okay, but I want to push a little further. I just want to push back a little bit because there's no reason for it to exist except people like it. And so it does exist because that's a part of capitalism. And like, it's not, it's not, it's not created to harm people. Sure, it can cause people to, it can cause, well, okay, tell me where I'm wrong. I I would think that the the lottery isn't made lottery to be people, a bad thing. I think the big lottery people have know exactly what they're doing. I mean, it's just like any other big corporation that knows the actual impact that they're having on society. They know what they're doing. I mean, it's okay. it's, it's helping like thirty people a year. I just don't. There's no point. I'm going to be against. Like, there's no. You can't get me to be for it. Like, I get your points, but I'm still against it. Okay, fair it enough. Need to exist. I am. I. 100% expected that answer from you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to McFadden because I don't know where you land. I'm curious to hear where you, what you're thinking on this. No, is the question my personal preference about the lottery or is it that's, like the concept of lottery so, as an entity? That's a good point because in the, the Hunger show, Games. 
In the show notes, I was actually thinking of the latter. I wrote, would you play or do you play? And so I, I actually wasn't even trying to make it more of this bigger <laughs> philosophical discussion on the lottery. It was more like, do you have fun with it? Or would you want to play yourself? Pat, but you knew Pat was going to take it there and you wanted <laughs> yeah. to poke and prod. <laughs> but I should ask Pat, have you ever bought a lottery ticket? Uh, yeah. Uh, same oh, way. you asshole! <laughs> <laughs> uh, same way you have. Uh, once when I was turned 18, because I could... And I think one other scratch off in my life. And then. So you're um, a bad person. <laughs> you're contributing <laughs> to this. Three lottery tickets in my life. Yeah. I feel no, pretty he's bad. He's not about contributing it. to it because he can afford it. And it was a discretionary income purchase for Patrick. So some people. But it's he's not. supporting these big bad wolves that are taking advantage of the people who can't afford it. Why are you doing this, Pat? <laughs> okay. Back to you, McFadden. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. That so, would simplify um, any. The the only time that I like actively pay, uh, play lottery is when I'm at work and there's like an office pool and it's not because I'm afraid that um like I'm gonna be the only one left in the office who that like terrify me like who didn't get in <laughs> like I'm not concerned about that at all one I like my job I would be happy to you know spend my career doing what you I'm doing dick sorry <laughs> um. <laughs> But then, uh, and uh, but really, I don't think that there's any shot in hell that anybody's going to win. Um, and so, uh, the reason that I do it though is because I, I don't want to be that guy who's not gonna like have fun. It's not really like a peer pressure thing. I just don't want. I feel like you're sort of like the wet blanket. If everybody in your mm-hmm. office is like putting in five bucks every now and then, and like you're gonna be like, no, I did you know that the odds of the lottery <laughs> like and being that guy, like no, just give them five bucks. The five it's, bucks it's, is worth the communal. Yeah, social and so, aspect. Yeah, so like for me, it's not. I, I have no um, like delusions that I'm going to win the lottery and I don't start planning how I'm going to spend the money. It's more about the camaraderie. Uh, it's the, com- the camaraderie tax at, at my place of work that I am happily willing to spend because um, it, it's usually only, you know, five bucks or whatever. And then I, if it does happen, I'm at least in on the action and then I don't have to like question why I was that, it, that cause that would be like the punishment for just like, just pay the five bucks. <laughs> like everybody's <laughs> doing it at work. It's a fun thing. So like in that case, I am for the lottery. <clears throat> I don't know if I've ever bought a scratch off. Um, and I don't know if I've ever bought like a, I've probably bought a lottery ticket. Like when I turned 18 for like the novel act of being able to do it. Um, which is like the most not version of like rebellion. It's like, <laughs> I am now old enough to abide by the rules and I'm going to follow them. So it's, that's a weird thing that we do um, uh, as a society. So I, I would say like I'm for it, but like I'm not doing it actively in any way, shape or form. We could go on a rant, maybe like on a whole nother uh, like show about like the societal impact that lottery has. I'm not really interested in having that conversation <laughs> myself. I don't care. Um, I'll play lottery if you guys want to put five bucks in and somebody else is going to go and buy the ticket. I literally don't even know where to buy the Mega Millions lottery ticket. Can you do that at a lot that's of places? So fu- no, that's funny because I literally also did not know either. I was like, <laughs> I think I want to buy it just for fun. And I had to Google like where to buy lottery tickets. And it's like, uh, go to any gas station. <laughs> so I did that. Okay. It's kind of odd that... That's like the place to get lottery tickets at the gas station. Isn't it true that the gas station gets a cut of the prize money yes. if it wins out of their location? That's weird too. I like yeah. that. I like the idea of just like some gas station, you know, guy getting <laughs> a cool mill <laughs> and 
and retiring from from that job. Uh, sorry. So, Robbie, it's time for Michael. If if uh, cigarette companies gave twenty percent of their profit to charity, would that then make them okay to you? No. No. Okay. Just wondering. <laughs> Uh, okay, we're not going to get into that conversation unless Winan <laughs> wants to take it there. Mike Winan, what do you think? Uh, it's your floor. Yeah, so uh, the internet says that it was Henry Fielding who said that the lottery was a taxation upon all fools of creation. And that's, <laughs> uh, that, that's not precisely accurate. It, it, is the, it is a tax on the desperate is really what it is. Mm. Um, if you're saying that the thing that these people who buy tickets every week or even every day, the thing that they get out of it is a is a hope for happiness. It, it, and then in turn, they take half that money and, and they make roads out of it. Uh, there are other mechanisms with which, uh, i.e. taxes, Why which can't are you guys designed be more like and embedded and- into, <laughs> our, into our society. That McFadden understood that. the question oh, I was Mike, asking. Go, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I bought a scratch off when I turned 18 because that's what you do. And I could buy a lottery ticket or be in it because I have the discretionary income to do so. Uh, but it is uh, it is inaccurate to say that this is the only mechanism that the government has to to uh, to no fund our school argument. systems or to fund. Yeah, no, well, nobody said did. Or it's a good it, <laughs> no. or even sorry, or even that it's, is a good mechanism. Uh, yeah, it's probably one of the one of the worst uh, mechanisms. It's a terrible one. Um, and um, it is. Think of all the money that think of all the money that the unbanked individuals, you know, a large portion of our country doesn't have a bank account. But if they spent the money that they did on on these fleeting hopes to open up a bank account, they could actually start to, to build some some something. Um, so I'm against this. Uh, OK, can but can, can I ask the same question I, I introduced before? Would you play? Do you get pleasure out of playing the lottery? You said you no, have I played. No, I, I have the bet. So like I am a lurker on Reddit, which is a term of somebody who just likes to look at the memes and the Wall Street bets comes up. It's a lot. And that thing about GameStop had been coming up like for four or five days prior to when it actually exploded. So I knew about it. So I lose sleep at night, not saying like, I'll throw 500 bucks at GameStop because these guys can manipulate <laughs> a broken system into making it so that they're all rich. I should have done that. I feel bad about that. Um, that's the thing that I lose sleep on. Not that I may or may not lose win the lottery. So no, I don't play the lottery. All right, Robbie, that has, your, has your opinion <laughs> been swayed by my, my opinion is exactly the same because Pat and Mike are both correct. I'm not even disagreeing with their premises, <laughs> but that's not really what I cared about. I would just want to know: Do you guys? So you don't care about yeah. the innocent people at effect. You, you just think, want to have your I fun. Can't, so personally, I cannot buy a ticket without thinking about that stuff. And so Guess you're what? asking me how I feel about it and how I feel about it about buying a ticket. That's Patrick, how I feel about it, Patrick. Mike Winan and even McFadden, all of you have bought more lottery tickets in your life than I have. So maybe take a look in the mirror and then we'll revisit this conversation later. <laughs> all right. I think I'm out. That this Goodbye, is everyone. the appropriate time to move on to the next topic, <laughs> which happens to be my topic. And I had to watch a YouTube video to um, figure out the pronunciation of this because I don't speak uh, Swedish. Um, and my topic is uh, smorgastorta or, or smorgastorta or smorg. I don't know. It's something close to that. It is essentially a Swedish sandwich cake. Now I happened upon this um, topic in sort of an interesting way. I think it was like a meme that I saw on the internet where somebody had intentionally cut a loaf of bread into 
uh, slice the long way. So not like you would normally do, but like the full length of a loaf of bread, the normal width of a slice of toast, but you know, obscenely long. And and so then like there was a few it's comments like a party on it. Sub. Well, then somebody's like, well, no, this is actually used for these Swedish sandwich cakes, which I looked up are pronounced smorgasdorta. Um, And so I I hope that you guys took a look at the link. If you haven't yet, go to the Wikipedia page and look at uh, the the Swedish sandwich cakes. For those of you listening at home, um, it is essentially like at first glance, it looks like a cake, like Like a sheet cake. like a, a sheet cake or like a round cake that has, you know, vanilla frosting on it. But then um, when you look a little bit closer, you're like, wait, is that frosting or, or is that some sort of mayonnaise savory cream filling? And are those shrimp on top of that cake? And is that a hard boiled egg? And are there all sorts of weird leafy greens? And is that rye bread, not cake or white bread? And then the answer to all of those questions is yes, that's what all of those ingredients are. It's not a cake as we know it um, here. Here in the United States, but apparently in Sweden, their cakes are sandwiches, <laughs> or <laughs> some of their cakes are sandwiches. And I looked at this, and I've been vacillating between I would house a slice of Swedish sandwich cake and absolutely love it. And then I, I texted my brothers, and I was like, Bill, Dave, like, would you guys just murder one of these Swedish sandwich cakes? And they sent me barfing emojis and said that their <laughs> stomach hurts just looking at it. And then that forced me to think, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way. Is this gross or is this awesome? Uh, let's start with- so This hurts uh, poor people. And I want <laughs> <laughs> This is a tax on the hungry. Um, but I'd like to start with Robbie to hear your opinion of these smorgasbordta Swedish sandwich cakes. Are you for or against these? Where should I land? I'm I'm truly undecided. So first of all, do people really want to hear my voice again? I feel like I <laughs> wore out Rob, my welcome on that we last love topic. You. We love yes. you. We just want you to be better. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at a picture of a smorgasbordta. I think that's close enough. Close enough. It looks amazing. And I am so <laughs> for this. Oh my gosh, okay. this thing looks so effing good. I'm not going to use the swear. It looks so good. Um, first of all, I have to say, there are a lot of great um, types of food, but if you just could pick one staple, I think a sandwich is just a great piece of food. You can make so many things into a sandwich. You can make huge sandwich fan over a here. Fish sandwich, sure. a turkey sandwich, a steak sandwich, a, a sandwich hamburger. Sandwich. A, you can make so many. You can make a vegan sandwich. You could put cucumbers and tomatoes in a sandwich and salt and pepper. You can make Name so many more sandwiches. sandwiches. Name oh, more I love sandwiches. sandwiches. And now this a smorgasbord has all those things. Plus it has a nice creamy little dressing on it. And the the good Jewish boy in me who loves smoked salmon and seafoods they're, they do this in Sweden. They put these things on top. You've got dill, you've got shrimp, you've got all sorts of great things. I would devour this. I would love it. Your brothers are so wrong. And and I feel like <laughs> Swedish and, and I guess Scandinavian food in general doesn't get as much respect as it deserves because I feel like a lot of times it's it's seafood based. It's cold. It's The seasonings are different. There's a lot of dill in that region and it's less spicy and less of those uh more authentic flavors that you find closer to the to the hemisphere uh, or not hemisphere the uh, equator equator uh, the equator <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it doesn't get the same positive feedback but that food is so under the radar good and it's, it's salty and savory and I'm for there you okay go. great now I have a question had you ever seen one of these before 
Did no. you know that this was a thing that existed? No, I didn't. Okay. And I'm, I really want one. And I think they say that they have them for like family parties and things like that. So in the after times, when we have a party together, can we please have a smorgasbord if, if you guys are all for? Because I would love to have that and share it with you. Yeah. So uh, before I move on to Pat, who I want to hear from next, uh, this reminds me of uh, the first time that I saw an alpaca, and I was probably sixteen <laughs> or seventeen years old. So I'd, I'd, I'd seen you know some years, and I thought I'd seen it all. And now here at thirty six, you know, even more so, I thought I'd seen it all. But when I saw the alpaca, uh, the alpaca for the first time, I was like, is that a real animal or is that like a photoshopped <laughs> sheep? with like a long neck and then i found out it was real like oh my god how did i not know that alpaca were real animals i feel the same way about this swedish sandwich cake i'm yeah. super excited to uh to see one in real life but i'm getting a sense that pat maybe is not <laughs> feeling the same way pat does this um, fit in with your intermittent fasting pat can you yeah in the eight hours that you are eating <laughs> would this be one of the things that you eat why are you seeing me turn purple while looking at it? Is that why? <laughs> uh, so much of food is like looking at what you're, you're eating. Like if a pile of barf tasted really good, it would still be hard to eat because it looks like a pile of barf. And this makes me want to throw up like looking at it, like this cake that has like cut up tomatoes on top of it. It just doesn't look right. And they chose the worst bread like rye bread. <laughs> well, so it's not always rye. Sometimes it's white bread. <laughs> it's white bread, and sometimes it's light rye bread. Yes, which isn't and so that, bad. And like, I, I am when I have a sandwich. I don't like a dry sandwich. I'd like mayo or something on it. But mm -hmm. that's like a thick layer of condiments on top of this thing. Like I, I don't think know. It's exactly more what's like in there. I think it's, it's not... like a cream cheese more than like mayonnaise. Because if it was like a half inch of mayonnaise, <laughs> I'd probably also be somewhat um, concerned. About I, I think it. it is like a half half inch of mayonnaise. My man, yeah, reading it, it says, <laughs> I think that is what that is. Theory, but egg and mayonnaise are often the base. Yeah, but I'm imagining can... like if you go to the grocery store and you, there's like a seafood dip. It's like a it's like a dip kind of thing. Variations so include imagining. liver pate, shrimp, salmon, ham, caviar, olives, cucumbers, grapes, <laughs> and lemons. Like so, this. so like there's a lot of different ingredients that can go into one of these sweeter sandwich cakes. So I have to imagine, like you know, any cake that we know of, like this might be a good cake and this might be a bad cake. Like you're gonna get some but you're variation, still for cake. Yeah. but I'm still there's, for cake overall. Yeah, I'm sure there's a version of this that would taste delicious but I'd rather not have it in a cake form like that takes away for me. But Joey from friends would very much enjoy these. <laughs> okay. So Joey from friends is for, um, thanks Pat, I guess. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, where, where do you stand? Yeah. Um, Swedish sandwich cake. So I look at this and it, I think I've said this before about other things, but it's true here as well as it seems like an alien who saw a cake, like a picture of it, and they got it wildly wrong and showed up with it. Like, is this it? It's like, no, not at all. You got that way wrong. Um, but you put eggs and shrimp on the birthday cake. Exactly. Ugh. That was at a separate table. If somebody showed up, I'd be wondering, like, what planet they were from. Sweden. Um, and I Sweden, yeah. And I have the same fear that Patrick does in that it, it's a lot of goops, you know? There's a lot of goo, and a lot of slop, and a lot of just egg. Just heavy on the egg, which uh frightens me. But I'm a man who thinks that courage 
is acting in spite of fear, not without it. <laughs> I would absolutely eat one of these things uh, because it is a cultural difference. It looks so different than anything I know. I'm definitely going to try it with the understanding that it's probably going to be terrible. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I'm not going to eat it. Um, in Romania, my wife is from Romania. You know her. They have a thing <laughs> called salata de bif, which uh, translates to beef salad, which is neither a salad or has any <laughs> beef in it at all. Uh, you look at this thing and you're like, what is this? It's basically like 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 a custard, but it's mostly chicken bits and it tastes really good. <laughs> but like if I wasn't in my perspective wife or girlfriend that I was courting's house, I wouldn't have passed on it, but I'm glad I didn't because it tasted really good and I eat it all the time when I'm at my mother-in-law's house now. So I am for this. I am for smorgasbord. Mike, make one and I will eat it next time. And we can. Pat and Mike, real quick, did you guys know that this was a thing? Never heard of oh. it. No. All right. I love Wait, So where do you end up, McFadden? I'm um, four. I'm four now. You're still yes. four. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I forgot that I started undecided. Uh, <laughs> I'm going back to my original, you know, gut instinct of thinking that this thing is going to be awesome. I'm going to enjoy. And I think Robbie's exactly right. The the goop layers, like <laughs> the, the, the slop, I think that's got to be like a dip. There's a texture worry there. Like there's got to be some kind of difference. I'm concerned too. I'm concerned, <laughs> but, but not enough to not try it and not to be optimistic that I'm going to enjoy it. So uh, thank Thank you, gentlemen. Um, this concludes this topic. Now it's time. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for a quick break uh, to hear from our sponsor. For Against is brought to you by our very own merch store. That is right. We have merch. Go to foraginstpod.com slash shop to check out our spirited apparel and home goods. We've partnered with on-demand printing and fulfillment company printful.com. So that means any idea we have for a product can quickly be uploaded to our store, processed by them, and purchased by you. If you're interested, we earn $7, give or take, for each product that we sell. And that money goes directly back into the show. Remember back in season one, episode five, when I paid a Fiverr rapper to wrap a lyrics over our show's theme song. Did you like that? Well, buy a t-shirt and coffee mug and we'll do more stuff like that. Gang, now it's time uh, for our weekly rendition of uh, pitching merch ideas. I don't think I made much of a, a change to our merch store other than I did um, put the FOA um, all-star shirt on an American apparel shirt per Michael Winans request. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, more of an iterative change than something brand new. Uh, gentlemen, do we have any ideas for merchandise? Michael, let's start with you. Uh, I made the uh, with with Robert. We collaborated on the Alcorant tea, thinking mm -hmm. to get those hype beasts on that. Which we sold. Edition. Which we sold one. We sold an Alcorant. We sold one. So there is one out. Did there. the purchaser use uh, coupon coupe? There it is. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> they did not spend a hundred dollars <laughs> on so a basically plain T-shirt. We're, we're we're overthinking this. Those hype beasts. Let's go back to their roots. It's uh, it's shoes. We got to get on the sneaks. We got to get on those sneaker heads. Get those guys wanting limited edition FOA mm, shoes. That's really smart. So let's do some some high tops, FOA high tops, uh, and then we can collaborate with. I don't know. You know do they Steve have the shoes Queen in the store? McFadden? Is that an option on Printful, Mike? Did you look through the product catalog? I, I didn't, but I'm hoping. <laughs> they, uh, they might have a pair of like canvas slip-ons, but I doubt yeah, we're going right. to be able counts, to put dude. our brand on Jordans. <laughs> uh, all right, thanks. Canvas thanks, Wayne. Appreciate it. Uh, Robbie, how about you? Any uh, merch ideas for us this week? Uh, same thing as last week. My 
one and a half year old daughter needs a shirt. So I would request toddler shirts. Size 2T would be wonderful. Um, okay. Yeah, please. We'll make, Thank you. We'll make that happen. That, you can also be just next, log into Printful and make it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, how about you? Um, merch ideas for this week? I have, now I, I kind of want to make a shirt. I, I like the idea of making things from the episodes. So I want a for or against with a question mark. And then a slice of savory cake. Okay. (laughs) A photorealistic picture of smorgasbord. Actually, I kind of like that. I like that idea. Maybe not specifically that thing, but uh, just a pic, like four against, and then a picture of the item. I'm a fan. (laughs) All right. It's a conversation starter for folks looking to meet new people in the after times (laughs) when we can do that. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Check out uh, foragainstpod.com slash shop in order to see the merch that we have created. And we're back. Now it's time to hear from uh, Patrick Lothian uh, about his topic. What do you have for us this week? My topic comes from my lovely wife, and it's Microsoft files a patent for a technology that uh, takes all the information that you have on a loved one who has passed. So anything from their social media, any images they have of them, any letters that they've written, um, really anything that you can put into an a- analytic machine of your loved one and they create a chat bot out of them to try to mimic what it would be like to talk to them like they were still here. So they're trying to bring your loved one back in chat box, uh, chat bots. Is it, does um, a chat bot mean like even like a visual form of the person so you could see them and talk to them directly or a version of them that might like be texting version five but it usually means that you're you're taught like right now there's chatbots where you can talk to your health insurance company and they try to help you before you talk to a real human so they're able to answer questions because they have been taught to um microsoft actually had a couple of these that had twitter accounts uh, one of them got turned into a Nazi pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> so there's probably still some tweaks to be made. And um, people or big companies patent things all the time. So it doesn't mean this is coming out tomorrow, uh, but it could be coming out in four years from now. So what do you all think? Um, Pat, you, you uh, mentioned a show on this show that's basically this whole concept, right? That's on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Upload. Upload. upload yeah oh yeah yeah so the idea of upload was that you upload your entire consciousness into a digital afterlife so the hope is that you get to continue yourself but really it would be much closer to this because that wouldn't really be you it would be a new version of you that has all your memories so really you were you'd be creating the first version of upload in our but, world. but there's a difference because in upload that digital consciousness still has consciousness. What Microsoft patented doesn't have consciousness. It's just an imitation of a deceased relative. So it's like that yes. Black Mirror episode where this happens with the guy from uh, Star Wars and a bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> well, Wine and you, you and I have been on the same page so far this episode. So I'm going to start with you. Uh, uh, yeah. So I uh, fortunately have not um, had a an experience where someone that I've, I've truly loved has died before their time. Um, I've had friends who have died unexpectedly or, or, or very young who I would like to talk to. So I, I can channel it through that. I just, it wouldn't feel 
Right, right. Like, like the whole reason why they made a Black Mirror episode about it is because it would get you it, it kind of tingly and a little. You kind of wonder what's happening on that other end and, and what it turns into you. So I'm not interested in talking to uh, to dead loved ones, but I would be interested in talking to uh, dead historical figures. Like if they could upload all of Shakespeare's hmm. uh, works and put you that yell at him for being forced <laughs> be to listen fun. to his plays. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, I'm 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 uh, I'm more perhaps. Uh, for Shakespeare, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, or like what I would really love is uh, upload some of our founding fathers and then have some of these people who claim to be uh, constitutional literalists <laughs> and then have them talk to go, Wait, you did what on June 6th? No, not at all what we wanted you to do, <laughs> and it just proved that they were wrong. Um, so I would like that. I would like it if it was like historical figures that I could talk to, and it's a facsimile based on you know, like shake or uh, like um, not only Shakespeare, but Winston Churchill was a prolific, prolific uh, journalist of himself. So he would journal all the time, and he would write a ton of letters, and he wrote like fifteen autobiographies. That's hyperbolic, <laughs> but he wrote a lot. And so that's to write a guy, more than one autobiography. He's, he's a definitely lot of did write more than one memoir. <laughs> um, or at least it has multiple volumes so you could fit all of that in there. And then you could talk to uh, the British bulldog himself. That would be very cool. So I am uh, with an asterisk for this. I like it. Interesting. Um, how about you other Mike? So this reminded me of that mirror in Harry Potter where there was like grave warnings. Like you don't want to spend too much time in it because like it, it will completely consume you. And I, I was trying to, to Google search the name of it and it's a name that I can't pronounce. So I'm not even going to uh, try, um, uh, but it's E-R-I-S-E-D. I don't know how you would pronounce that. Any Harry Potter fans in the group that know the name of the mirror, the pronunciation? Michael, looking at you? No? Uh, no, I, I only read it. Okay, right. I didn't hear it uh, when I read it either. Um, But this reminds me of a couple of different things. Um, This reminds me of AOL Instant Messenger's Smarter Child chatbot. And uh, back in the 90s, um, it was pretty easy to tell that uh, there was a bot on the other side responding to you. But the technology has come a long way. I recently had to file a claim for my pet insurance and it was done completely through chatbot. And it was a really smooth process that was like way better than having to find where to upload the file. And like, it just, it did it seamlessly. I, I work tell- for a company that makes these chatbots. Perfect. So like it, it worked really well, um, but it was clearly not a person, um, but I enjoyed the experience. And so I'm sort of going back and forth between like, is this going to be a Harry Potter thing where I spend all my time talking to somebody who I profoundly, you know, miss and, and, and yearn to, to see and speak to again? Or is this going to be something that's a little bit different that is like talking to this person? It's very clear that it isn't them, but maybe through, um, you know, depending upon how much data they can, you know, gather from the individual. I'm thinking like maybe look at like their entire email history. Like that's a lot of um, insight into how they respond in in certain ways and shapes and and forms. Like if I could go and, you know, pick the brain of somebody who's no longer with me with the idea that this bot is going to help me think about how they would respond. Like, I think I could be for that. I, I think that it doesn't, I think it can 
you know, be a, a separate thing that isn't trying to truly be them. I also would like this for my living relatives and friends so that when I need to have a like a complicated conversation, I can practice <laughs> on the bot and they're like, oh, don't go down that path. That was big red flag. <laughs> Steer clear of that. That could be really helpful. So I like the technology. I think it's interesting. And overall, I think I'm for I thought you meant that if a family member has to talk to you about something serious, you could have them talk to a <laughs> yeah, chatbot <that>. of you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Somebody calls. He's like, hey, wait one second. <laughs> Let, let's do this by text. You can go back to uh, watching TV. No, I would never do that. Why? And what were, what were you looking at? You looked very deep in thought. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I wasn't speaking out of turn about Winston Churchill, but he did indeed. He wrote uh, six uh volumes about uh his life between 1940 and 1945 only uh those were big years but <laughs> yes. he wrote six books wow. about it so he so you that would be the guy for it an yeah. apology and correction next week then <laughs> I wouldn't that be no. interesting too if like the the bot that you're creating the data that you have is only from a sliver of their life and they had a very specific point of view from those years because of what was happening in the context of their life at the time so like with winston churchill you're gonna get a very world war ii focused winston churchill as opposed to like the rest of his life so yeah. or like my opinion on the lottery until i win it <laughs> you change your mind completely yeah. okay that would now- be a very benevolent winner of the lottery though <laughs> um, well we'll find out i think <laughs> That's a good social experiment. Everybody buy me lottery tickets, send them to PO box lottery. Give me. (laughs) Um, Okay. So now on to our most infamous friend, Robbie, what do you think about this? I don't like that introduction. That was not nice. I don't either. Uh, I, I don't think I have much to add on top of what Winan said because Winan nailed what well so first i was gonna be very much against this because i think if you are relying on this to connect with a deceased loved one it's not letting you actually grieve go through the full grieving process and i think you're not learning to then go through those steps to live without that person you're holding on to an artificial thing that isn't them and i think it's different like you can look back on pictures and videos and letters and reminisce but when you're holding on to something that you want to like talk to, I don't know. I, I don't think that's healthy for that individual. So I was going to be totally against for that. But then Wine and threw out this awesome idea of talking to historical figures. And I am so for that. And I actually think that that could be a great way for people to learn about history. Because right now, the way history is taught. TM, 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 TM. That counts. That's yeah, that there you go. Patent right? pending. Oh, that's um, <laughs> <laughs> it's people have a hard time sitting down and reading a history book. Some people even have a hard time watching like a Ken Burns documentary. It's not made for a, a, a lot of people. But if you could just start talking to anyone, Winston Churchill, sure, John F. Kennedy, whoever it is, if you could talk to whoever it is, you could have a conversation and people can learn in new ways that's more suitable for them. So I am super for that. And I guess also with an asterisk like Mike, but I'm going to say four because that's an awesome idea. This is the first topic that I have like really, my mind has been changed on like from my initial thoughts on it to afterwards. And I think both of the mics did it. Um, Definitely not me. No, I mean, you just agreed with. (laughs) Um, But the second mic, you also had some interesting ideas that got me thinking. Um, Even like having your granddaughter be able to talk to your mom so that it's somebody they never met, but they get to 
kind of know what that person was like. I think there's some cool stuff there. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the initial patent, what the patents for, um, that is a great idea because it's not that person. If anything, it would make me miss them more because it wouldn't be them. Um, and a lot of the sadness of somebody being gone is that they're no longer there. Like you're sad for them as well. So I don't think this is a good replacement in any way for them. Uh, so that I was very against, but the other ways this could be used are very cool. And I really like the idea of being able to talk to somebody that you would never, even somebody who's alive now, being able to have a uh, Mike McFadden, you could talk to Elon Musk and see, uh, pick his brain a little bit. Very cool things that could happen there. So I'm for overall with an from the, I guess. Like from the family standpoint, <clears throat> I think that this could be like an interesting thing that like ancestry adds. Yeah. It's like you want to chat with your great aunt Edna, like now, now you can sort mm -hmm. of, I think maybe, <laughs> but not really, but like kind in, of. Yeah. in 50 years, it might be even better because like, Great Aunt Edna does not have a big social media profile where they can scrape <laughs> from, but like well, nowadays, like we're pumping out content about ourselves all the time. Like this podcast, yeah, we're putting out like an hour every week, so yeah. like our great grandchildren can get us to say and do just about anything. <laughs> <laughs> Deep fake us to hell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Um, excellent. All right, well, thank you, Patrick. Uh, let's go on to our final topic of the evening. Um, Michael, what do you have for us? Yeah, one more topic uh, for us today, uh, and this one uh, is uh, there's a big game coming up, folks, a big game between two teams playing a football match. Uh, I say that because the Super Bowl, uh, sue me, guys, if you want to, is very litigious about the use of, of the phrase Super Bowl. Uh, and they make a lot of deals with companies, and, and this year they've made a deal with uh, AB InBev, the largest beer manufacturer conglomerate in the world, where they get all the beer ads for the Super Bowl. Um, so the second biggest one, which is Molson Coors, so they make Molson and Coors, but also all the Miller products that you've uh, grown up with and love, and a bunch of other things globally as well, uh, have <laughs> tried to come up with something to replace uh, that big uh, ad revenue, or at least that, that big spotlight that gets people's eyes because of the Super Bowl. Uh, and they have chosen uh, Dreams, the Dreamscape. <laughs> So they have partnered with um, scientists at Harvard. Yes, that Harvard uh, to come up with a way. Harvard to... Community College. <laughs> <laughs> no, Har the, the one in the Cambridge, Harvard. Massachusetts. Right by the Colorado, or Co Colorado, Colorado River. Colorado River. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking to it. Um, but uh, they have partnered uh, and actually they uh, financed a... Um, a sleep study with with uh, participants to try and get them to figure out how they can uh, manipulate their dreams uh, so that you can feature a course ad in your dream. <laughs> and they believe that they are at least on target for it. Um, and so they've created a 91 second uh, video, which they instruct that you watch for several days right before <laughs> you go to sleep. And then eventually you will start dreaming about the things in that ad. And eventually uh, this imagery will turn into an ad for cores and what have you have a cores. So what do we think about this, uh, this marketing uh, idea? Would you be, would you be able, like, let's say they perfect it. Uh, would you allow a, a company into your brain? Would you sell that space in your brain? Cause you're not using it at the time for 
what do we think about this uh, this this marketing idea? Let's let's get uh, liberal with it. I'll start with Mike McFadden, who looks like he's pondering. Yeah, no, I I um, didn't realize that it was like just the ninety second uh, video that you would watch. I thought that it was like that, and then there was also something else, like a, a soundscape that you would fall asleep to. Um, and while I was um, uh, on my paternity leave when my son was born, um, I would have like 40 minutes to try to sleep while like either Jack was asleep or like I had like these small windows where I could get a nap in. And so I started using the call map and I would use uh, these like sleep stories. And it would be like Matthew McConaughey reading the most boring, pointless <laughs> story that goes nowhere, but he's reading it in this tone that just like lulls you to sleep. So I thought it was going to be something like that. But then like after 45 to 55 minutes, they would start talking about like course, <laughs> course light or something. <laughs> and, like try to seep into your brain in that uh, way. I guess I didn't do enough homework to realize that this was like a, a sleep study that was using some other methodology. Um, I will not be watching a 90 second video repeatedly so that I could start dreaming about Coors Light. Um, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to do that. I like that they're trying this. Um, I would um, think that like they would be better off if they could hire like George Clooney or somebody with like a nice narrating style voice to tell a story that happens to feature Coors Light in it. So as I'm listening to this and dozing off to the the soothing sounds of Clooney, like then they seep in the the Coors Light ads like somewhat subliminally and it sort of reaches into my unconscious. Like that I would be for if it was a good story because like they could provide value to their customers by giving them this, you know, free series of, of sleep aids, um, auditory sleep aids, and then I'd be inclined to use it. And I wouldn't care if they were, you know, subliminally advertising Coors Light and I was dreaming about it if I got a nice, you know, nice rest of, of sleep. Um, so like the way that they're executing it, um, I'm against, but I'm for the ideas uh, for the idea of advertising in your dreams. I think there's something there. I don't think this is it, but there, there's there's some there's something here. <laughs> Robert, you uh, are one one of us who's been recently bereft of sleep with a young child. Uh, what do you think? Uh, would you no, allow? No, <laughs> no I'm, I'm so against this. Dreams are a sacred space. I get so few minutes of relaxation in my 24 hour day. I don't even sleep that well. And so when I'm actually able to doze off and get a few minutes of REM, don't come intruding in my dreams course. I don't want to see you. I don't even want to drink you. You're like the third best of the three bad beers. <laughs> well, they so, also make Miller's, so they, they also make number one. You're the second best of the three bad beers. <laughs> and meanwhile, this the video they put up today, which is their first video, I, I think there's another one to come, but so far it has 4,000 views in 12 hours. That's not good. We have we probably have 4,000 views on this podcast. So no, no we're do not. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> There's slightly, slightly more than half that, <laughs> but, but we're, we're they're paying we're a lot more way, money. Though. They're we're paying a lot more way. money to get those four thousand views than we're paying to get our less than four thousand views. So I think Coors is wasting their money. I think they're intruding on my personal space, and I don't like you, Coors. I'm against you. All right, he's thrown down the hammer, Patrick. You've been against Rob virtually every way that there there has yeah, been. Yeah, in a really mean way. And <laughs> I I don't know what I did to you this week. <laughs> so, I I think knowing you, I don't think you're for this, but 
because Rob is against it, are, are you changing your mind? <laughs> um, well, Coors has some big hits. They have like some 4 million view videos. So that 4,000 is not looking. I think this, so I, I didn't give you the, uh, I didn't give you the, the main account one. The main okay. account one is no, that. No, I, I look, I, I, I did one on YouTube and searched Coors Dream Ad, and there's only one result from Coors. 4,000 oh, views. So when I looked at the article, I thought that what they were doing was giving you imagery so that you in your dream would visit the setting of these cores ads, which is up in a beautiful mountain. And then if that made you think of cores and buy cores, then that was good for everyone. That's basically, I, you're correct. That's basically yes. what it is. So I like the idea of being able to get yourself to dream of cool things. So that's cool. I really love lucid dreams. Like I wish that I had the kind of money that you would need to like get somebody to get you to be able to lucid dream. I've done it twice in my life where I've realized I'm in a dream while dreaming. And both times I immediately started flying and it was really cool. Show off. <laughs> so I kind of like. You try to sleep with the other people in the dream? <laughs> <laughs> that was the second thing that I did. Okay. In flying. the sky. You got to do it in the sky. Oh, creative. <laughs> um, Sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. So I think that's kind of cool. They're actually doing studies to figure out like during this time of COVID, if I could listen to something and then dream of being on a Hawaiian beach, like that's awesome. Like I have nothing against that. So does that make you a four or against? I think that makes me a four. All right. Of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to have to do some mediation after this call. So guys, like, did, you share, did you share your position? Or I no? didn't. Uh, you know, I actually like some of the, the Coors products. They make Pilsner Kell, which is the original Pilsner. I went there uh, and that was very good. So I'm supportive of the company, but it, it, to me, it, it, it feels like, oh, we're not allowed to do the one thing that so many of us are in the in our ad group has been doing for years. Uh, where else can we do ads? Uh, I don't know. Dreams. So it's it's a gimmick. <laughs> and that's all it is, is a gimmick. But I think they have stumbled upon something interesting. And, and to your point, uh, Mike and Patrick, if if someone was able to crack like the code of lucid dreaming, and it's like, watch this video and you will be able to fly in a dr in your dream when you fall asleep. I would be willing to allow 30 seconds of that for, for a guy to come up to me and talk to me about the benefits of the of the uh, natural spring mountain water that they use in Coors. It's uh, brewed colder than all of the other beers. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, it's cold. So guy, Actually, it's cold as the cold as rock. It's cold as rock. Explain that and to me. The, in my the, you know dream. it's cold because the can's blue. Yes. <laughs> don't, mm -hmm. don't know if you knew that. So I would so if, if it's an exchange, I would do it. So I'm for that, but this isn't I don't think they're ever going to get to that point. So I'm a four with an asterisk. I've been doing a lot of those today. <laughs> oh right. bad and that reminds what you had said reminded me. Um there's, there were like four times that I fell asleep listening to podcasts, like taking a nap. And I have a, a Microsoft podcast where they talk about like the news of Microsoft. And at least three times. <laughs> so pat. Yeah. At least three times. That's the most pat thing I've ever heard. I, <laughs> what? Yeah. That, that thing has a micro. We're so mad that that uh, Coors has four thousand uh, viewers. The Microsoft podcast has one. It is it is made for an audience of one, and I know that person. Very popular podcast. <laughs> um, 
but I've had a dream where I'm on the show and they keep talking about something and I'm, I disagree with what they're saying. And I keep trying to give my opinion, but they don't stop talking because I'm listening to them <laughs> on a podcast and they're not going to stop for me to talk. And I got very, very upset. They were not good naps. <laughs> oh, I once uh, tried to fall asleep to like classical music um, on Spotify and forgot that I didn't have the, the premium version. And so after 30 <laughs> minutes, an ad came on and I like jolted awake. And <laughs> that was no good. Um, okay, great. Well, thank you very much for that last topic. Um, it's now time for our lightning round. Um, this week, I believe Michael Winand is going to lead us off, uh, despite the fact that the copy says Rob. Um, Mike, sorry, what man. do you have for us? What's what's the lightning round? So this Coors Dreams marketing gimmick is just that, a gimmick. But that's what marketing companies and really all companies do and have done throughout time. So I have five marketing stunts from history, and we're going to rapidly say whether or not we are for or against these other stunts, similar to the Coors Dreamscape. Uh, in 1954, Guinness dropped 50,000 messages in a bottle into the ocean. Uh, <laughs> and they've actually been found over the years across the globe. Um, and uh, as recently as 2008, I believe, one was found uh, with a nice little message encouraging you to drink Guinness. Are we for <laughs> or against Guinness messages in a bottle? Well, this will be the first one we're going to start. We're going to go with Patrick, Rob, Mike, Patrick, are you for or against this one? Doing this in 1954, I'm for. Doing this right now, I am very against. <laughs> the uh, I love yeah. the. I, I love the. Uh, wait, am I going me or then Robbie? I, Rob, I missed and the then you. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I second sorry, pass it exactly. It was perfect. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> uh, I, okay, now it's my turn. I love the idea that somebody finds a secret message in a bottle and it's just an ad. <laughs> so I'm super for that. It actually, it's like, it's like it, the worst it, pop-up ever. <laughs> it worked because they put another 150,000 of them in 1959. Jeez. <laughs> uh, in 1999, the website half.com bought a town in Oregon and that town changed its name to half.com Oregon. Are we a for or against a literal shit's creek, Patrick? <laughs> Do, what's half.com? Do you know? Half.com was a company that existed for a year and a half uh, about <laughs> where you could sell stuff. It was an eBay. And then eBay saw it and bought it for $350 million. So those no. people, it worked out for them. They existed oh. for a year and a half and then made it. That was a wild time in the before the dot com bust. Right at the Holy end. Shit. <laughs> uh, I guess it was worth it for them, so I'm four. That Robert. is that is the epitome of the years 1999 through 2001 of that bubble, that dot com bubble growing. That the fact that a they're a company that we have never even heard of, and there's a town <laughs> named after them because they're just spending lavishly, and they sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. And then nobody heard of them. And now there's a town. Is the town still called half.com by no, the way? No, it's not still called that. So they gave the town $100,000 and then a bunch of school supplies, like computers for schools. And the town was like, whatever. We're half.com Oregon now. <laughs> oh, man. I would hate to live in half.com. It's the worst place to live where all the kids are like half smart and 
you know, half cool. Have the worst basketball team in the state. <laughs> My kids. They're, they're half the height of regular basketball teams. Um, I think this is fine. <laughs> like, I, I was really excited because I was going to make a Schitt's, Ke- uh, Schitt's Creek reference, but then you beat me to the punch right off the bat. So I've got nothing to contribute. It's fine. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Four. Whatever. Half.com. <laughs> Was actually uh, actually run until 2017 by eBay because people went there specifically for, for textbooks. That was the place to go. That's strange. Okay. In 2001, Taco Bell put a target in the middle of the ocean because the Mir space station, if you're familiar, this is the Russian space station that preceded the International Space Station, uh, was going to come crashing down the earth. And so Taco Bell put a target in the middle of the ocean near Australia, and it was about 40 feet by 40 feet, so not that big. But if the Mir Space Station... (laughs) Compared to the Earth. If the Mir Space Station hit it, Taco Bell promised to give everyone in the United States a free taco. Are we for or against the taco target? I'm against. It's just such a small probability. It's like the lottery. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And because that, I'm very for... Anything that can get people excited about any part of space exploration, even if it's through a Taco Bell ad, is pretty cool. And also, I'm curious, do you know how far the space station landed from the target? Uh, it was, it, they knew that it, the Russians didn't really calculate all that well in the 70s <laughs> what was going to happen to this thing when it was done. And so they knew it was going to land somewhere in the Pacific ish. Okay. So it, like, for me, yeah, yeah. So 40 by 40 is way too small then because it'd be cool like if it was getting close and like people could watch it live be like, oh, it's almost it might hit it. It might not. But if it's just like no chance, then that's kind of stupid. But I'm still for the idea of it. Uh, I am for it for the same reasons as Rob getting people excited about space. But there was a zero percent chance that this was going to hit like it, just, it wasn't going to happen. No, no shot in hell in the 70s. It, this wasn't like uh, SpaceX precision landing um, their their craft on landing pads. Um, it, it was, that's only been like a very, very recent phenomenon where like you didn't have to try to hit the ocean. <laughs> like The ocean was your topic. Um, so like it's fun. It's great. I, I wish that we got a free taco, but we didn't but it's fine it's good it's good yeah let's do it let's do it again i'm, I'm for it they uh they turned this into everybody got a 99 cent taco which was uh which cost was, of a I taco, think the cost of a taco 2001. <laughs> that's more expensive than it's 10 cents more can i ask you a quick question are you guys four against taco bell because i'm four they're bringing the potato back baby they so i'm very excited yeah once I found out that they serve their food through a meat hose, I became against. <laughs> Plug it straight into my mouth. I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm for. Definitely for. Very good. All right. We got a lot of uh, space heads, as I said, tons of fans of uh, space exploration. KFC in 2006 made an ad in a cornfield specifically designed and accurately so, because confirmed by the astronauts that you could see it from space. Are we for or against an ad that you can see from space, Patrick? How? Uh, they just made a gigantic uh, Colonel Sanders. They still needed like, um, you know, special equipment to see it. But uh, yeah, you can if you click on the link I provided to you, you can see what it looks like. Well, technically, you could see anything from space then. I suppose so. It was very big. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was uh, something like 14,000 feet. That's a big Colonel Sanders. Pat, are you for or against are this lightning round topic? What's it made out of? Paint. <laughs> this is a lightning round. 
<laughs> I am for this. This is funny. <laughs> Robert? Uh, advertisements are meant for a large amount of people to see to then go buy that product. And this probably was seen by three people. So I'm against. <laughs> well, it's it was the seen same by as the three target. people. It was seen by three people, but I'm sure it got all sorts of news coverage. We're still talking about it in 2021. So it hit some chord. Um, I'm for this. I love the idea that like aliens come and invade the earth and like they think that Colonel Sanders is like a very important uh, <laughs> member of, you know, our, our global history. Um, which arguably he is, but maybe not as important as the <laughs> large sea from space um, ad would make you believe. So far. Yeah, this is um, a, a small. How many people are in space at any one time? Like six or seven. So your target audience is very small. And they're technically very... we're all in space. But those people are very far away from their local KFC. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For that reason, I'm against. There's no way anybody's going to buy by chicken because of it but it's funny uh and then finally here the the last one is uh 2019 so skittles uh similar to Coors this year did not have a super bowl ad uh and in 2019 instead they put on a, and produced a full uh 90 minute broadway musical and then charged people 200 dollars to see it it starred um uh, some actual Broadway uh, singers had a full uh, cast, had a full, uh, uh, you know, repertoire of, of music that then went on Spotify um, and uh, and starred Michael C. Hall of uh, of Dexter fame. Patrick, are you for or against Skittles commercial, the Broadway musical? <laughs> Was it on Broadway? Yes, for one day. And they made sure that nobody had any cameras or anything. So it can never be shown again. <laughs> I mean, how could you be against that? Cool, sure. I guess I don't know. Sure. Do you know? Sure. Do you know what the theme was? Like, what was the synopsis? What was the show about? Uh, if you click on the link I provided you, Robert, uh, the entire synopsis is there. Somebody uh, wrote it, but the the last and final song is "This Was Definitely a Bad Idea." <laughs> I'm for this if it's a good musical, but something tells me that Skittles is not putting on a good Broadway musical. I, I'm generally for Broadway musicals. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm for. So they they hired David Drew Casparini to run it and write all the music, and he's a guy who wrote uh, lots of... Um, he's, he's actually well-known in Broadway circles, according to the internet. Uh, and it actually got pretty oh, good reviews, believe it or not. <laughs> the uh, the the uh, big running song that runs throughout the play uh, is called Advertising Ruins Everything. <laughs> I disagree. I think that this is wonderful. Anytime uh, commerce can be married with the performing arts to support otherwise struggling actors and, and performers and dancers and singers. I'm all for it. Um, this brings more awareness to the performing arts. And even though this show um, is probably trash, um, it, it is overall has a net benefit. And Skittles are a fun company, so why not? Go see Skittles the Musical. I'm not shelling out $200 a ticket, though, to see it myself. There will see the, the bootleg their Wix.com website is already down. They couldn't even spend the $34 <laughs> for the year to keep it up. 
Oh, very that's, good. It's very exclusive. Uh, I too am for this. All the money that was sold and all the merchandise uh, went to Broadway Cares slash Equity Cares to fight AIDS uh, with additional funds for Mars. So, Robert, once again, if you're against <laughs> this, you're against. Uh, you're against. I, I said I was for. Oh, you're episode. for. Okay. okay. <laughs> just trying to demonize him and just because yeah, this is like a really mean episode again. I don't. <laughs> it is. Like, I've been I on your side almost the I entire McFat evening. Thank you. So I appreciate it. I you. I'm on your side when it really counts. <laughs> Maybe. Pat's well, definitely right. not though. Well, if you are still listening, please consider telling a friend about For or Against. And if you haven't yet, please write a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd also love to hear about any topics that you're for, against, or undecided on via Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or our Facebook page at For or Against Pod. We might just feature those topics on a future episode. For now, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Just old friends on the podcast who build a defense On ridiculous topics, are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense So tune in and choose a side that you sit on the fence Man, we debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars You listening now to for or against? So turn the volume up, this is for or against?